Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's ham radio. Good evening to everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 179. Pitcairn Island D Expedition recorded live on Thursday, August 29th, 2019. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight we're joined by Dr. Ralph Fedor, K0IR. And Dr. Glenn Johnson, W0GJ, and we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week here on the show was Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, here to talk about some exciting new kits. So if you missed that show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or over on YouTube, or you can catch the rebroadcast on WTWW Shortwave, that's 5085, 5085 AM, Saturday evenings at about 6.30 PM Eastern Time. So get your expedition questions ready. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can call us after the interview is over, and I'll go ahead and give you the number so you can write it down and have it ready to go. It's 812 net ham one that's eight one two six three eight four two six one you can also tweet us we're watching twitter tonight as we usually do and our twitter handle is at ham talk live so send us your questions and i'll be back with ralph and glenn right after this word from tower electronics right here on ham talk live hey honey have you seen the pl 259s anywhere no i haven't Come on, kids. Let's go. There's just one place to go for all of your connector needs. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. A giant warehouse of connectors and adapters for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And they have antennas, soldering supplies, cables, meters, and more. Where do you go if you want to buy a connector at a fraction of retail cost? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine solder-type PL259s. Get the tenth one for just one penny. They make great Christmas presents. 
And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a PL259? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Hi, I'm Scott Cole, KB9AMM, president of Tower Electronics. I like the company so much that I bought it. Tower Electronics, coming to a hand fest near you or online at pl-259.com. And we're in the yellow pages under Amateur Radio Connectors. My, wherever did you get that lovely PL-259? Tower Electronics, pl-259.com, or call 920-435-2973. Do we sell PL-259 connectors? Right now, you could be sitting on a beach, sipping a drink with an umbrella in it, and enjoying the good life. But instead, you've decided to listen to Ham Talk Live. So we thank you. And now here's Neil Rapp with more of the show. Thanks to Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show again tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. Scott and Jill are back out on the Ham Fest tour. They'll be in Shelby, North Carolina this weekend. That's uh, tomorrow and um, Saturday and Sunday, August 30th, 31st, and September 1st, Shelby, North Carolina. And then September 8th, Findlay, Ohio, and then in Peoria, Illinois at the Superfest on September 14th and 15th. But you can visit them anytime at pl-259.com. We have two guests this evening. Dr. Ralph Fedor, K0IR, resides near St. Cloud, Minnesota, and has been licensed since 1962. Ralph's passions have been DXing, contesting, and especially DXpeditions. Ralph has been on several trips, including Navassa, Amsterdam Island, Malpelo, Bhutan, Peter One, and Saba Island, just to name a few. Ralph was one of the organizers of the attempt to activate Bouvet Island in January, and uh, he's talked to us about that previously. Uh, he is a retired doctor and radiologist and is an extra-class operator. He's operated from 27 different countries and a member of many radio societies. He's on the board of the directors the International DX Association, and has been elected to the DX Hall of Fame. Dr. Glenn Johnson, W0GJ, grew up near Marshalltown, Iowa. After studying forestry at Iowa State University, he received his medical degree from the University of Iowa. And after an internship in Seattle and residency in orthopedic surgery at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, he spent five years in the Air Force in Anchorage, Alaska, and then returned to practice um, in Minnesota after 30-some years. Uh, he's come full circle back to Iowa and working for the Mayo Clinic once again. Glenn's interest in amateur radio started as a youngster listening to his grandfather's shortwave radio, and he was licensed at age 15, and within three months, he had worked all 50 states with a homemade crystal transmitter. He's achieved a number one honor roll, five-band DXCC, and five-band worked all zones, and he has co-led major de-expeditions to places such as Decesio Island and Navassa, and his first de-expedition was to Heard Island. In 2003, Glenn was inducted to the CQ Magazine Amateur Radio Hall of Fame, and in 2012, he was inducted into the DX Hall of Fame. And he's been the vice president of the North 
California, Northern California DX Foundation and currently serves as its secretary. And he is also um, on the ARL Contest Advisory Committee representing the Midwest Division. So, Ralph and Glenn, thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you, Neil. Nice to be back. And we may have lost Glenn. Are you there, Glenn? I think we lost Glenn. Yep, yeah, we, we lost him again. I see it, it just said that he left. So we'll wait for him to call back. Oh, actually, now he's calling back right now. So let's see if we can add him in here. Uh, Glenn is uh, traveling down in uh, Texas right now, so uh, he's he's had some uh, problems getting into the um, getting signal into the cell system. So we'll have to. Uh, he may be coming and going tonight, so we'll uh, we'll get that figured out. But um, Ralph, we'll go ahead and start with you while we try to get uh, Glenn back on the line here. It seems like there's always another de-expedition on the list, and uh, time for another big one. So tell us about Pitcairn Island, its uh, location and environment and operating conditions. Well, Pitcairn is in the uh, uh, southern Pacific Ocean in French Polynesia. Um, After the Bouvet experience, let me uh, euphemize here a little bit. After the Bouvet experience, uh, we needed something that uh, would uh, spell success and uh, have a little fun at the same time. Um, I w- I'd known about Pitcairn for a long time, and the more I uh, looked into it, the more fascinated I became with the island and its history. Uh, so I thought it was time to pay a visit there and uh, see what this is all about. Okay, very good. We'll, we'll remind everybody just exactly where that is. Well, I this is uh, Dr. Glenn Johnson. Thanks for calling. Please leave a oh. message. I'll return your call as soon as I can. Okay. <laughs> At the tone, please record your message. Let's when you see finish if we can figure out how to or press one. There we go. Okay, we'll try to get Glenn back again. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Before the show came on, we had quite a roundabout here. There's something about cows giving birth in Texas and yeah. and an orthopedic surgeon need, needing to be present at the birth. So I don't know where we're going to go tonight, but we'll have fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you get a, a cow that gets a house call to Texas, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, Pit Karen is. Uh, it, South of the equator, uh, if you drew a line from the uh, coast of Chile to New Zealand, Pitcairn is almost exactly one halfway uh, between. So it's it's out in the middle of a, a really big pond, quite isolated, and uh, the isolation uh, plays into the history of Pitcairn Island when the mutineers from the Bounty decided to hide out there. Uh, they needed a remote place, and they found one. Okay, very good. Well, uh, what are you expecting for uh, operating conditions? Uh, You know, every de-expedition has its environmental challenges with with hot, cold, windy, you name it. So what are the challenges on this one? Well, we're just getting into the start of the rainy season when we arrive. 
So I expect we'll have a mix of sunshine and rain, uh, but we're prepared for either one. Temperature-wise, I think it'll be probably in the 70s, maybe poke into the 80s a little bit once in a while. It will be quite humid. Uh, one of the challenges we'll have is that uh, Pitcairn is small. It's about one mile by two miles, but rises to an elevation of 1,100 feet. So there's a lot of up and down uh, terrain there that we will be traversing. Uh, we'll have two sites to operate from, both of them excellent locations with good takeoff, but uh, there's a little trekking going up and down hills to move between the two. Uh, as far as equipment goes, we will be well prepared. We will have uh, uh, flex radios on all bands. We will have beam antennas on uh, 10, 15, or on, on uh, 10 through 20. Uh, we will have a four square on 40, quarter wave verticals on uh, 30 and 80, and a 90 foot uh, vertical on uh, 160. Uh, full legal limit, 24 uh, 7 operation, just like a real D expedition. We will be paying close attention to propagation, particularly as it pertains to Europe, because uh, it's, it's a challenge for those folks to work into that part of the Pacific, so we'll be paying a lot of attention to that. Most of all, we want this to be fun, you know, fun for the audience, fun for the team, kind of a, uh, a Pitcairn Island QSO party. All right, very good. Well, uh, you, you know, we, we talked a little bit about uh, the software-defined radio and how that made a change, and, and um, you know, it, was, it wasn't long ago we were talking about, you know, the first de-expedition to go uh, with the software-defined radios. How do you think that, that choice has uh, worked out? Well, uh, so far, so good. Um, in my contesting experience with uh, the SDRs, it's been very positive. The thing that really makes this exciting for me is I can get rid of an awful lot of wires, and I have things talking to each other, you know, on virtual uh, cables or virtual audio links. Uh, there's a CAT system that controls everything. So um, I'm excited about it. Also, the ability to uh, process signals, hear low uh, signals down in the noise, seems to be impressive to me so far uh, in my work with the soft SDRs. Well, very good. Um, now, a lot of the, the expeditions you go on are to uninhabited islands and and so you have to take some, you know, fish and wildlife people with you to kind of guard or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, this is a little different because there's around 50 people living on the island. How is that going to go? And, you know, how does that change the difficulty of the trip? Well, I think it's really enhanced things. Uh, we've been in contact with uh, several people on the island. Uh, everyone seems to be excited about us coming. They've been very helpful, giving us a lot of information about the terrain, the weather, what we can expect. Uh, they're providing housing for us. Uh, the place uh, that we're staying, the owner of the property uh, looked around and said, you know, I've got 14 people coming. I'm, that's going to be a little tight. So I'm going to build an addition on my house so I can house these people. Oh, now, that's wow. the kind of uh, attitude we've run into. Oh, that's, that's excellent. So, uh, that takes a big strain off of the team. I'm sure. It does. Uh, and you don't have to spend all that time pitching tents, 
you know, putting in tent anchors and uh, uh, arranging sleeping quarters and all that sort of thing so we can uh, get right to the, uh, the expedition operating. And one thing that just, just came up, uh, instead of our ship taking us and our cargo and gear to Pitcairn Island in one trip, the ship is actually going by Pitcairn Island on September 6th, and it will be dropping off all our gear there. So when we arrive, our gear will be there, and we don't have to unpack it, or we'll have to unpack it. We don't have to get it off the ship. We don't have to transfer it to boats. We don't have to transfer it from the boat to the shore. That'll all be done for us, and that will shave hours and hours off our setup time and get us on the air quicker. Oh, that just sounds... uh like a fabulous uh timing of events there so uh congratulations on on all of that now in in reading up on on Pitcairn a little bit I, I heard uh and read that uh there was a club station actually on the island so tell us a little bit about that and, and are you going to have a chance to visit that is that in the plans what's what's going on with that these days Neil, we will visit the remains of the club station. Um, when Tom Christian, VR6TC, was active from Pitcairn, uh, he maintained a station at the old shortwave radio uh, site uh, near the summit of the island. Um, when uh, other things came along, other means of communication, satellites and now Internet, the need for that kind of disappeared and also Tom Christian died. So the site fell into a state of disarray. As far as I know, there is no club station on Pitcairn. There are several licensed hams there. Only one is occasionally active, and she is somewhat handicapped by antenna problems and uh, old equipment. While we're there, we hope we can remedy some of those problems for her and get her on the air again, maybe introduce her to some of the new modes. Uh, But the, the club station is gone the site is still there, and we will be using that site as our second operating site. It's well-positioned on the island, 360-degree clear takeoff, and lots of room for the big antennas. So it will probably be our low-band uh, setup, uh, 160 through 40. Well, very good. And we've got uh, Dr. Glenn Johnson, W0GJ, back on the line here uh, with us as he is uh, dodging cows down in Texas. So good evening, Glenn. Good evening, Neil. I tried dialing in several times, long times of no service, and I heard your intro about uh, my interest in ham radio started when the, listening to my grandfather's shortwave radio. And one of my purposes was coming down here. Was I actually found on eBay uh, a restored radio that my grandfather, like my grandfather had take that home as a as a prize so that was one of my reasons for coming down to texas this time of year all right very good well uh what uh, we've been talking a little bit about the island and um what the setup is going to be what what are you looking forward to on this trip well you know pitcairn is uh has a fascinating history with the uh, mutiny of the bounty and i've read about a dozen books and just kind of reliving and seeing some of the history and the place um is, is fascinating but also just it's always fun on the expedition to make as many contacts as you can and it's kind of a new era with ft8 and some of the the weak signal modes 
that we have today that we didn't have even two or three years ago. And uh, even in spite of, you know, the bottom of the sunspot cycle, we're going to be able to utilize some of the upper bands with uh, some of the backscatter uh, um, frequency propagation modes that will enable some weak signal, you know, communication. So we're looking forward to to that. And um, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to, is see how, how well we can do in the upper bands at the bottom of the sunspot cycle with these weak signal modes. Yeah, and, and while we're talking about modes, that was exactly my next question. Uh, can you run down uh, all of the modes that you have planned? Well, the usual sideband CW and uh, RIVI will probably be there a little bit, but we'll probably use FT8 simply because with the fox and hound mode, uh, we can work, you know, two or three people at a time and uh, probably have, um, you know, because it still counts as a dig- RIDI and FT8 count as digital uh, contacts, and we can probably run a higher rate with uh, FT8 on some modes. It'll be fun to try ready too. That's a good old standby mode. And EME will be on EME using some of the, um, the JT65 modes uh, for EME on six meters. Okay, very good. Well, it sounds like uh, people will have plenty of uh, different ways to uh, get a hold of you in different bands, and uh, hopefully uh, we can get a whole bunch of people in the log from pitcairn island so i'll tell you what we're going to take a break right now and when we come back we're going to take your questions you can tweet us at ham talk live if you're on spreaker you can uh, type it into the comments there and uh, i'll pick that up and you can call us at 812-638-4261 we'll give you that number again in just a little bit when we come back with Ralph and Glenn right after this word from ICOM right here on Ham Talk Live. Heard it, worked it, logged it. It's time to get the transceiver that's best suited for your lifestyle. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products. Make the most out of contest season with one of these ICOMs today. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals, even in the presence of stronger adjacent ones. The IC7610 by ICOM is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling, 110 RMDR, independent dual receiver, and dual digicel. The IC7300 is changing the way entry-level HF is designed. This high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. With RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. And, of course, the IC7 7851 keeps your competitive contesting edge with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. ICOM's IC7851 is the pinnacle of HF perfection. It has dual receivers, digital IF filters, memory keyer, digital voice recorder, high-resolution spectrum waterfall display, enhanced PC connectivity, and an SD memory card slot. For more information on ICOM radios, be sure to visit ICOM America. Dot com slash amateur. 
Join the conversation. Give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. A clean house is a sign of a broken radio. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Thanks to ICOB America for bringing Ham Talk Live your way once again this week. Check them out at icomamerica.com slash amateur. And Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here on hamtalklive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's time for your questions now. So if you want to call in, give us a call. It's 812-638-4261, 812-NET-HAM-1. Or you can tweet us. It's at HamTalkLive. And uh, if you're on Spreaker, you can type into the comments. And if you're listening to us on the podcast edition or on WTWW 5085AM, we're not here. Uh, this was uh, Thursday night, so you won't be able to call in tonight but we do have a couple of questions that have come in and so we'll go ahead and start with those and if you want to give us a call 812-638-4261 so uh ralph i think you've been delegated for this one so uh michael brydak wants to know does andy's pizza in pitcairn deliver well i i think andy will deliver just about anything for a price uh, for, for the audience, Andy is our host on Pitcairn Island, and uh, we'll be sleeping at his place. It has an excellent location. We'll have some stations there. And uh, Andy does have some culinary skills. He's uh, pretty good in the kitchen, and he likes to make pizza. So I'm sure we'll be eating some pizza. Uh, as far as delivery goes, you know, if he's going to make a delivery, he has to get into the longboat and maybe go about... Uh, Oh, 200 miles or so to the nearest island, and that one doesn't have any people on it. So his delivery business is kind of in the tank right now. The will is there, but the you know the resources are just not there. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, and uh, Glenn, we'll give you this one. This is uh, from Brett WY7BG, and um, he wants us to ask: In these times of low solar activity. What bands and modes do you expect to work the best for them, and at what times of day? Well, I hope it's better than the propagation I've had with my cell phone. <laughs> but uh, but uh, 30 meters will be open uh, hopefully 20 to 22 hours a day, so 30 meters is a pretty good band to be on. Um, CW, FT8, RIDI modes, uh, and... Uh, 40 should be good at night. The lower bands are certainly favored in this time of uh, the solar cycle. And I have uh, noticed the propagation uh, indices this last week, and I don't ever recall seeing the solar flux down to 66 before, but it's been that the last few days. And that, of course, certainly favors 160 meters, um, you know, the low bands, 160 and uh, 80 meters. And FT8, even though everything is 
it sounds like it's been dead on 20 meters. FT8 14074 uh, has been just really active all over the world um, at almost simultaneously uh, the last uh, few days. So, you know, the upper bands, you know, eight, 18 uh, megahertz, 21 megahertz, that's going to be a little iffy. Uh, those times from the U.S. are going to best be probably in the late afternoon um, and early evening. So we expect more activity in low bands and uh, hopefully a lot of activity on 20 and 30 meters, especially almost all day long. Okay, so Brett, there you have it, and uh, good luck with uh, contacting the team down at Pitcairn Island. Uh, Glenn Johnson, W0GJ, and Ralph Fedor, K0IR, are our guests tonight. And if you have a question, give us a call at 812-638-4261. That's 812-NET-HAM1, or tweet us at HamTalkLive, and uh, we'll keep checking that throughout the night. Um now, a question for, for both of you here. Let's talk a little bit about this 160-meter uh, antenna that you mentioned quickly. There's, there's a little story behind that. So uh, fill us in on the backstory on this 160 antenna. Well, uh, no deer. EY8MM is our 160-meter uh, cheerleader enthusiast guru. When we were going to Bouvet, uh, we paid a visit to DX Engineering, and uh, Nodir said, I would like a really good antenna for 160 meters. And DX Engineering responded by building a 90-foot guide vertical for 160 meters with a base matching unit. Uh, it, it should be a real killer antenna for, as far as de-expedition antennas go. So we should be loud on 160, and I think anybody that needs us on 160 should be able to work us there. Uh, the location will be up on the hill uh, at the old radio station site, where we will probably have other low-band antennas, and we'll spend a lot of nights up there. So I think uh, this antenna should play very, very well on 160. Hopefully we'll be on uh, CW and FT. I'm not sure exactly how we'll... Uh, divvy up that, uh, you know, the, the modes. But one thing with FT8, on most of the bands, 80 meters and above, and maybe on 80, um, we will not use the fox and hound mode. The fox and hound mode on the upper bands can work two or three, even maybe four stations at once. But if you have, let's say, 100 watts, um, if you're working three people, uh, your power is distributed to each of the three people you respond to, to maybe 25 watts. It's not exactly uh, an equal distribution of power, but it's cut down quite a bit. And on 160, of course, um, because it's it's such a difficult band with hard paths, we will not be using the fox and hound mode on 160 meters and possibly on 80. It depends on the propagation on 80. So if you've been using, if you contact us, using fox and hound mode on the upper bands it will not work on 160 meters let me throw in just one other uh, idea here i've been playing around with ft4 a little bit and um, it's faster than ft8 i'm not quite sure how it would play on on 160 with the shorter sequences and so forth but that may be another option to up the rate a bit I think that'd be an exciting thing to try because I don't think anybody has really used it on a de-expedition before. So it might, you know, it's not as critical with the time thinking either. So 
it might be uh, it might even prove more productive than FTH. We'll just have to see. It'd be something to experiment with and report back on later. Yeah, I think it's worth a try, Neil. Okay, very good. Well, there there you go. You've got some uh, experimenting to do, and uh, always up for uh, for trying out something new. So that sounds like a great idea, and uh, and we'll have to keep an eye out for maybe some FT four from down there. Who knows? So if you have a question, give us a call. To, I, go ahead, Glenn. I think the best thing would be to, to we'll update our web website with. Uh, how we're doing on the modes and uh you know so frequently visiting our website will kind of fill you in and keep you up to date on how we're doing and how we're operating different modes um and while we're on that let's go ahead and give out that web address it It is is pitcairn oh go ahead yeah it is pitcairndx.com okay and that's uh P-I-T-C-A-R-I-N, Pitcairn Island DX. Very good. Yeah, just com. All right, very good. All right, so you can check that out and, and see what they're up to once they get down there and try some of these things and see what's working and what's not working so well and, and um, give it a try. So... Okay, we've got another question here, and I had had something kind of on the back burner here to, to try, and, and I, I don't know why all of these questions are revolving around food and drink, but here we go. <laughs> um, first of all, Carl, KD9HQT, wants to know, will you find any 807s on the island? I can address that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Now, while we're on the subject of beverages and not the antennas, you had a, a rather sizable donation that came in that, that was very unique. Tell us about it. Well, a good friend of mine, and, uh, and Glenn's also, uh, Jim, K0JUH, a, a local ham who lives uh, nearby. He's not local, but he lives uh, you know, in the metro area, uh, is a former employee of the Coca-Cola company. So he got in touch with Coca-Cola New Zealand and said, uh, Hey, Coke New Zealand, uh, could you cut these guys a deal on uh, Coke products? So I pulled the team and I said, okay, what do you like to drink that's a Coke product? And, you know, we've got so many Sprites and so many Diet Cokes and so many Coke Zeros and so many Fantas and so forth. Put on a spreadsheet and I sent it to Jim and I said, this is our our dietary requirements for beverages. Uh, Jim got in touch with Coke New Zealand. They delivered the product to the Braveheart. It is now at sea on its way to Pitcairn Island. And, uh, uh, you know, Jim negotiated a, a nice price with Coca-Cola. And the generous uh, gentleman that he is, Jim, also uh, provided a very generous donation to the Pitcairn Island, the expedition. So we will be well endowed with Coke products, thanks to K0JUH. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Now, now you know, I, I just had, had an idea. And, and this may be one of my airbrained ideas. But. You know, you, you could you, you could bring me back a, a, a Coke Zero, 
and, and and then you could like sell Coke Zeros that have been to Pitcairn Island to raise money for the team. You think that would yeah. work? We could write the QSL information on the can. Oh, there you go. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that won't work. But but it's a great donation, um, and I'm sure you all will enjoy it and need all of the refreshing beverages that you can get a hold of while you're on Pitcairn Island. So very good. Well, let's uh, let's check one more time for questions. If you have one, give us a call eight one two six three eight four two six one or a tweet or comment on Spreaker. And we'll check all of those here one last time. See if we have any more questions. Uh, you, you know, the the question that came to mind for me was, will there is there internet on the island? There is internet on the island. Uh, the bandwidth is probably not what we're used to here. But uh, thanks to internet, you know, we have been able to communicate with uh, people like Andy on Pitcairn the police and immigration officer who happens to be Andy's mother, Brenda on Pitcairn and uh, a few other people in need of some uh, tools and so forth that uh, they needed. And, uh, you know, Glenn might address this a little bit. Uh, The Pitcairn Islanders needed some things and we kind of stepped up to the plate for them. Somehow they found out that I do some woodworking and uh, um, they, one of their, main sources of income is selling curios or things they make to uh, the tourists and yachters that, that drop by. And sometimes there's a, a cruise ship that drops by, and, uh, and, and sometimes some of the crew people go ashore. Many times uh, the pitcairners will go out onto the boat and set up little tables and sell their wares. But they make a lot of little wooden objects, little mementos to remember pitcairn by, and I look into a couple of pictures. They're little workshops where they make this. They're, they have piles and piles of sawdust, but they're, they were in need of uh, some bandsaw parts where they make these things. And uh, we have um, uh, a few thousand dollars worth of uh, bandsaws and bandsaw parts uh, to help uh, keep them in business uh, with their handicrafts. So that's in uh, some of our uh, containers. Uh, a lot of equipment to help just help them do things like that. We have some lawnmower parts and other um, things that they need that they find very difficult to get. So we're trying to help them and keep them going. Oh, that's great. I, I love it. Uh, and you'll be able to uh, to help out with the ham radio operator there and, and get her uh, antennas uh, fixed, hopefully. We hope so. And, you know, yes. among, the yes, other, among the other needful things on Pitcairn Island, we have sent uh, marshmallow fluff, peanut <laughs> butter, two cases of Baby Ruth candy bars, and uh, 100 bags of original Fritos corn chips. Oh, there we go. Well, this is making for a an interesting story because normally, um, you know, you have to you have to pick up every single last thing, you know, that you brought, and and, and you know, you don't leave anything behind, and there's no one to leave it 
behind four. And uh, this time you, you have a chance to uh, help out some of the natives there. So that's, that's really cool. Well, I, I don't see any more questions tonight, so we're going to finish things up. But, uh, Ralph, let's, uh, let's give you a chance here. Uh, anything else that uh, you want to talk about? And then we, we need to talk about the website and donating to the cause uh, before we go. Okay. Well, I, I guess my parting shot, uh, Neil, would be that there are so many interesting and fascinating things about Pitcairn. Uh, to spawn questions and discussions of, you know, in ladies' aid groups or ham radio clubs or, or whatever. And one of the things that uh, we've hoped to do with this is to stimulate some public interests in this de-expedition and Pitcairn Island. Uh, whether that's a, a fifth grade class, uh, a graduate student in genetics, uh, a history buff, or someone interested in uh, the history of navigation or sociology or whatever, it would be great if we could involve those people in the de-expedition uh, because there, there are so many things that Pitcairn offers besides the ham radio aspect of it. So if we could get the public more involved in this and uh, enrich the public a little bit with what we're doing, that would be really great. And I, I would love to have someone step up to the plate and say, hey, I've got this fifth grade class who could, you know, could we have a video conference with the kids on Pitcairn Island? Something like that would really, really be great. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff there. There's something for everybody. The more people we can involve, the richer the experience for everybody. Very good. And Glenn, uh, same for you. Anything we've uh, left off here that you want to get in tonight? I'm not sure exactly what was covered, but you know, the Braveheart is going to deliver most of our stuff uh, in the next week or so. So, and things will be moved up to our operating sites. And so that's going to save a couple of days getting everything organized and uh, getting us on the air. And then some of our stuff is going to be packed up and put on the Braveheart and go to uh, another de-expedition in the Antarctic. And then uh, on the way back, our personal stuff will be picked up and taken back to uh, New Zealand and shipped to us. So um, it's kind of a... Uh, a two for one for a couple of the expeditions. So we're looking forward to working with uh, people at the Braveheart, uh, people of Pitcairn Island, and uh, the South Orkney the expedition that's coming up this fall. Okay, very good. And Ralph, uh, again, uh, let, let's give out the website again uh, and uh, any other uh, social media maybe that's out there, and then um, how you can donate to. Uh, help uh, defray the expenses of this trip. Okay. Well, once again, the, the website address is pitcairndx.com. All one word, pitcairndx.com. Uh, we have a Facebook site, and um, I think if you just uh, go to Facebook and look up Pitcairn Island De-Expedition, you should be able to find it. Uh, we've got over a 1,000 uh, followers on that now. And uh, w there's a lot of interesting stories that pop up there that you may not find on the website. So uh, check that out, too. Uh, do both places, and I think you'll find some, some fun and interesting things there. Um, Contributions-wise, you know, we realize we're not a top-ten entity, and we're not going to command, uh, you know, a, a huge uh, amount of money coming from the ham population. We're getting some. We appreciate it greatly. If anybody would like to help us with this, we, we'd appreciate that. 
Uh, on the website, you will find buttons that say donate on there. And uh, if you do that, great. Uh, but be sure you work us whether you donate or not. That's immaterial. Work us, have fun, enjoy, learn a little bit about Pitcairn, say hello to us while we're there. And hopefully during this bottom of the sunspot cycle, it will be some activity that you can enjoy ham radio with. Well said, and and we'll leave it right there. Have some fun with it, and um, hopefully get Pit Karen in the log. So, guys, thanks so much for taking the time to come on, and uh, and Glenn for 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 dodging the cows and 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 the cell towers <laughs> and everything. So, so uh, actually, before we go, we got to talk about the cows for a minute. Tell 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 everybody what's going on with the cows because. Everybody didn't hear that. I grew up uh, with, uh, you know, raising Angus cattle, and uh, I've always had an interest in that. One of my friends down here has uh, a herd on his ranch, and it's calving time, so I, uh, we, we just came down to uh, kind of watch and help out if we could. So, uh, so far, things went very well. And a um, bunch of new little calves. Oh, they're so cute. If you've never seen a new little born little calf, they're so innocent. You go up and cuddle with and hug. Um, it, it's it's there's nothing like it. Well, we wish you the best on uh, the rest of your, your trip down there in Texas. And uh, thanks so much for calling in and, and trying, keep trying to, to get back with us. And we're glad that you did. Hopefully we'll have better propagation from Pitcairn. <laughs> <laughs> and Ralph, thanks as always. We appreciate you coming on and telling us about all of these and, uh, we hope to hear you from Pit Karen soon. Okay, thank you, Neil. My pleasure. Well, that is a oh, thanks. That is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guests, Dr. Ralph Fedor, K0YR, and Dr. Glenn Johnson, W0GJ, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and typing in and invite you all back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time when Howard Bernstein, WB2UZE, will be here to talk about the Long Island CW Club. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. That helps others find us a little bit faster. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375. And may the good DX be yours. Now, 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 now